Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 396. I'm Robbie. I am Sasha. Nice to see you. Hey, today is mobile getting. Google has put their foot down. We're going to talk about what mobile responsive web design means, who it affects, how it affects you if you have a website. So you want to stick around. We're going to be talking all about that. I love when I actually get it. Like when I read the notes and I'm like, I I know what we're talking about. (laughs) That's a plus. It happens not all the time for me. It's all good. Here is what's coming up in the Category 5.TV newsroom. Point of sale terminals have become an attractive target for hackers, as is reflected in the increasing number of RAM scraping programs that steal payment card information from memory of such systems. WikiLeaks has published hundreds of thousands of emails and documents from a cyber attack on Sony Pictures Entertainment last year. Schools in Los Angeles are seeking compensation from an from Apple over a $1.3 billion iPad-based education project that has gone awry. A camera powered, to, powered by the light it uses to take pictures has been invented by American scientists. And Silence has discovered a vulnerability in all versions of Microsoft Windows, which can be exploited to steal your login information. Stick around. The full details are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Starring Sasha Dermatis. Hillary Rumble. Krista Wells. Eric Kidd. And your host, Robbie Ferguson. Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. So nice to have you here, folks. Good to see so many familiar faces in our chat room. Yes, like Joe in New Hampshire. Yeah. And... DJ Quad. Yeah. GWG. I hope your night is going well. Hey, look. Robbie Ferguson is in the chat room. Whoa. (laughs) Crazy. He's there I gotta say hi. Wow. Hi. (laughs) Robbie. Yeah. Category 5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. You don't say. I do say. Oh. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN. I don't know this off by heart. And, <laughs> and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters, which is cat5.tv slash IAIB. Happy birthday! my birthday today. Sasha's birthday. Mine and the Queen's. It doesn't end here, though. It is the birthday month. That's true. I feel like the Queen, though. I might choose to celebrate in June. I just saw that on the news. Can you receive, like, cake and ice cream by by mail? Yes. Is that possible? Yeah. I would think it's worth a try. We have a P.O. box, right? We do have a P.O. box, yeah. I'll take it. uh, Cash monies, too. I I would... I would not use the cash monies for cake, though. No. I would use it for a Roku. 
<laughs> that is the Senator truth. Roku. Happy birthday, Sasha. Here's a new Roku. Oh, we said it. Yeah, you got, you just got 14 new Rokus. <laughs> yes. What are you going to do with I that? You know what? I just got 14 new happy birthdays in the chat room. Thank Hooray. you, everybody. Yay. I'm a zillion and four years old. You'd never know it to look at you. I know. I just had my hairdresser dye all of the grays out. <laughs> Yay. Well, hey, uh, speaking of donations, uh, I want to say thank you to everybody who has donated uh, as of late. We appreciate that very, very much. We're working on um, upgrading our cameras here, and it's a bit of a a stepping stone process because um, the technology is evolving and the ability to just jump right to what we inevitably want is very, very expensive. So we're taking these stepping stones, uh, like using the D5100 as you see us on tonight. It looks Mm -hmm. great. Um, This is a DSLR camera that uh, basically we've hacked. So the firmware has been replaced with a hacked firmware to turn a DSLR into a video camera. And it looks pretty great. So um, some donations have come in specifically to help us with the camera upgrades and the transition. And uh, so we're well on our way uh, to that. Uh, But there's a, a lot... Uh, still to go and in fact uh, movie buff was asking in the chat room just before the show about the new micro from black magic design mm-hmm. and it is a beautiful little 4k camera um, that is it's a studio camera okay kind of perfect for our needs because uh, we looked at the studio 4k and it's a little bit of overkill in that i think sometimes there there are wasted money on okay. some of these devices. So the the Studio 4K has a 10-inch screen built into it. Well, why should we pay for a 10-inch screen when we're live on the air? We've got screens all around us. We don't need the screen. Right. So when they brought out, they're bringing out, anyways, it's a, it's just been announced, but the, uh, the Micro okay. doesn't have a screen. It's strictly HDMI and SDI output. So we can just plug it into our server and we've got a 4K camera. That seems perfect. Really perfect. But quite pricey. They're cheap. I mean, they're thirteen hundred bucks plus a lens. So when you compare to the price of a, a studio camera that you know used to right. be twenty thousand, forty thousand dollars, that's ridiculous. Um, when you can get something now for two grand, kind of idea. Once you factor in the lens and whatever else, so, mm-hmm. so that's pretty cool. So, uh, so stepping stones to get there. Um, if you would like to uh, throw something our way, if you're cap- if you're able to. Uh, we really, really appreciate that. I've put together a new way to donate. You can go to cat5.tv slash C or just uh, you can actually go to donate.category5.tv now and you can actually select how you want that money to be used in order to oh, allocate it to specific shows. If you want to support Sasha's show, try it, buy it. Uh, the newsroom with Sasha Dermatis, for example, uh, we're looking to upgrade her camera because you're using... A webcam right now. Right. But it's nice because it kind of fuzzes me out a little. I uh, like it. But the There's background no... is crystal clear and you're just a little bit fuzzy. Yeah. So no fine replacing, lines or wrinkles. replacing that with a D5100 would be perfect. Oh, probably for the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, if people go on and click the affiliate links yes. and buy buy things like on Amazon, sure. then a little bit of that money kicks back to yeah, us Yeah, that's as a well, great right? way to support the show. We get between 4 and 6% of the sale mm-hmm. is kicked back from Amazon. So you can go right through category5.tv and you can click on uh, support us and our affiliate links. Mm-hmm. And as Sasha says, it's a great way to support us and we appreciate everybody who's been doing that. Um, it's That is really making a difference as well because if you're going to shop anyways 
and people are doing that. You're you're using yeah. it with everyday things, not just big purchases. And I really, really appreciate that. And it's really um, going to go a long way with the show. Yeah. Though I bought some gifts for my sister from the affiliate link. That's cool. It was nice. I liked it. I got my stuff right to the door. Didn't have to look around in the store. I'm new to online shopping. So for me, it's the little things. Oh, yeah. And how's that <laughs> been as far as the experience goes? You're really entering online shopping kind of late here, Sasha. <laughs> And I'm yet on. I'm yet to be on Twitter, also. But mm-hmm. um, I like it. I feel like I'm cheating somehow. Like I feel like it's weird. I did Christmas shopping on yeah. Amazon, and it was brilliant. But yeah, I mean, a lot of my purchases that I have coming up for my new show will be through right. Amazon, right? Because mm-hmm. it makes sense to try it, buy it, and you have to be able to buy it on Amazon so that mm-hmm. we can link it through. So. I'm I'm new to it. I like it. I feel like I might be overspending because I get online and I love everything I see. But you're using our affiliate link, right? So that's yeah. it's okay. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Just put that bug in your ears. There nice. you go. Uh, speaking of uh, great other shows that we have. Now, this is Category 5 Technology TV. And as you know, uh, we've always had a vision of expanding. So Sasha's got her two other shows, uh, the newsroom with Cate- uh, the Category 5.TV newsroom with Sasha Dermatis, and then Try It, Buy It as well, which has had its pilot. And we are working on other episodes uh, as well. Uh, we've got The Show Show is starting on May 23rd. It has been announced. So here's our official announcement. You're going to be able to enjoy that. We're going to talk more about broadcasting and how you can create a webcast and uh, do all the things that are needed in order to do what we do, for example. Uh, so you'll learn all kinds of interesting things. Uh, certainly if you're into webcasting or if you've got something that you want to be able to broadcast on the web, uh, that's going to be a show for you. And this past Friday, we launched New Every Day, a new talk show uh, with Carrie Webb. She is a former co-host on Technology TV, and she's joined uh, by Jen Wagar. And uh, that is going very well. We appreciate everybody's support. Uh, you can find out more about their show at neweveryday.tv. And uh, make sure you show the, your support to them as well. And say hi, welcome them. Uh, welcome Carrie back to the Category 5 family, right. and welcome Jen to the family as well. Um, it's really exciting to be She's expanding. the original co-host. She was the first co-host on the show oh many goodness. years ago. So she was here seasons one and two. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so now here we are in, in uh, kind of the mid-late season eight. So to give you an idea. Mm-hmm. So, so it's nice to have her back uh, on the network. And uh, you'll notice if you're watching on Roku tonight, there have been some changes on our Roku channel, updates to accommodate the fact that we're migrating more toward a, a television network as opposed to just a, a TV show. So that's exciting as well. So we hope that you enjoy the, uh, the changes there and the ability to check out more shows and more content from Category 5. And then we've got our nature show. I'm excited about that. Nature. That's your, it's that's getting your nice. show. Yeah. Uh, it's Nature Sounds of Ontario, Canada. And uh, that is really going to be picking up this spring because I'm going to be, uh, <laughs> I've got everything planned out. We've got, <laughs> got the gear. We've got the rig. We're going to be heading out into the wilderness. If you weren't working all day long today, like all day long. Worked, until like, yeah, until just before just the show. Just before the show started. You could have been outside getting an entire year's worth of Nature Sounds in one day. <laughs> it today in Ontario, it hailed and it mm-hmm. it kind of light snowed and it sleeted and it rained and then it was sunny and it was really windy so that's a lot that's welcome covers, to ontario canada covers a lot of the weather patterns <laughs> yeah. of the entire year it's just that crazy time of year yeah so ah, 
Should we get into it? Mobile sites. Yes. Well, today is Mobile Geddon, as you may or may not be aware. If you have a website, it's important for you to understand what this means to you. And so that's kind of what we're going to cover tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of company websites are, you know, basically all, all company websites are, are affected by this. Who's not affected by it would be people who just simply don't care about their search engine standings. Who is who? Who doesn't care exactly. about that? Exactly. I think nobody... about the personal site that is kind of dead in the water. I have personal sites that are years old. We're going to see one tonight. Um, that yeah, I care that it's up on the web, but I don't really care if people find it at this point because it's so old. Right. Like you want you want if you use Google as a way to get your name out there you want to be on the top half of the first page you don't even want to be at the bottom of the first page you need to not only have a good mobile site but you need to like get it up i don't know how you do any of that but (laughs) we'll we'll talk a little bit about it get it up there (laughs) (laughs) the the fact is is that these days it's 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 so interesting it's really it's exciting it's it's crazy but it's it's really um amazing to watch the trends and the progression of technology and i've been there from the get-go uh since running a bbs back years and years ago before the internet ever came to be and seeing all of a sudden now oh we're we're starting to develop color graphics for bbs's and that's when the internet came out so now we can actually put gif images up and there were 16 colors and now we've got the ability to to be seen around the world and it it was this whole expansion so now to be seeing everything transitioning even more so um with the technology that you use to access this medium is is pretty amazing i think that's largely driven by multimedia in a lot of ways it's it's driven by portability and the the constantly shrinking hardware you know we went through that phase where pcs were getting bigger and bigger and bigger and you the bigger the screen the better i remember my brother having the the big 21 inch crt monitor on his desk and i had like three monitors around me and there was no room for paper and uh that's and then we shrunk down to you know now it's well now it's something even, in your pocket or even on your wrist like there's the new watches no, nobody you does that do they people do that Look at this. This one. Okay, this one. Ha. Yeah, this is awesome. This is my new Fitbit that I got <laughs> for my birthday. It's, you know what, it's a small piece of technology, but it's like a huge game changer for my sure. lifestyle. And what does it connect to? It connects to my smartphone. Right. Right. Which is your computer. Which is all, yeah, that's my computer. That's the transition. That is true. Just yeah. thinking back, and, and maybe you've grown up with it. Maybe this is all, nothing's new to you, but... Um, for, for I, I must feel a little bit like the grandparent who saw television invented and then saw color television come to be, right? That's kind of... And it's sad because now I'm starting to say when I was your age, mm-hmm. oh, we're at that point. Oh. Is it easy to change your website to a... A mobile site? Like, is it something where you just have to... It's not necessarily easy. Is it a whole new site that you have to program? Like, are there people that Could have be. To, yeah, well, we're going to look at three different types of websites tonight. Right. And, and how you can make your website um, be mobile ready so that you're not affected by this. Um, fact is, is, I was working on a, a website for a customer, and we were doing some Google ad, AdWords and doing some advertising with Google. And uh, this particular customer, we, we monitor, as I always do, and monitor the AdWords account, see how things are going, see how people are finding their uh, website. 
And I was a little, just being a bit old school, I was a little bit shocked to find that 65% of their search engine results were people on their phone. Mm-hmm. 65%. That makes sense to me. So Google now has said, okay, if, if 65% of people are using Google on their phones and searching for you on their phones, we don't want to serve results on their phones that are not going to work on their phones. Mm-hmm. So Google has seriously just put their foot down and said, okay, if you are not mobile friendly, we're going to cut you out of our results. Plain and simple. Is that fair? Is it fair? Is it, is it okay? Is it, is it cool? Like I, I kind of like it as a user. Sure. Right? Like I like that no matter what I click on now, it's going to be easy to navigate. I'm not going to mm-hmm. have to scroll over like, you know, half a mile to click whatever it is yeah, I need to click. Um, but like if it was my company and I worked really hard to get up into the top search results only to have it taken from me. Yeah. I mean, I guess it was fair warning, but what if I'm not savvy? Well, I'm not. <laughs> what, if I, <laughs> what if I didn't know Robbie? <laughs> it, sure, it hurts. The company that just got a website made two years ago. Mm-hmm. And possibly a big website, and suddenly Google is saying this. But you hit an interesting point there that as a user, this is going to impact you. So when we, when we transition our thought and think, okay, this isn't Google making a change to how we use the Internet. This is the users driving change and the search engine responding to that change. Mm-hmm. They're saying... Okay, the users are getting annoyed with having to scroll left and right and up and down and zooming in and, and with these right. websites. And so what is that result? It's, they're hitting back and they're finding the next result. So they are saying, okay, well, based on the users, we're going to have to make this change because there are too many old school websites out there that are not responsive, that are not working on mobile devices. And that's how 65% of people are using the Internet now mm-hmm. on a daily basis. So the three different types of website that basically exists. You've got the old school kind of website that is static width and height and you know it's it's yeah. basically inflexible. And so when you look at that kind of a site on a mobile device, it's like you say you're moving left and right, you can't see the buttons, you can't you can't click on the menu because it's this tiny little text. Yeah, you like scroll over. You're like scroll 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 and then you have to like get the things mm-hmm. big enough so that you can actually click it and then and then if you finally zoom in down. far enough you've done this right yeah, you zoom in far enough and, and and so that you can read the text and then you've got to go left right left right left right up left right left right and it just drives you nuts and i think there was a time when that was acceptable and that may be when the iPhones first came out and when when people were just navigating the web and it was novel to say oh i got the internet on this thing in my pocket Right. But now it's no longer novel. It's the, it's what it is. And now we've got to have an internet that is working uh, that's designed for these device mm-hmm. devices. And that's why it's called mobile first design. Right. We as developers are now designing websites with mobile in mind and the computer is the secondary consideration. Mhm. How crazy is that as far as transitioning goes? So, let's look at a website and I told you we'd look at an old website of mine. 
Yay. And I want to show you, I'm going to show you the difference <laughs> between the three different types of websites that you may encounter. So we're going to jump over to soulcleansed.com. This is my old band. So this is before my wife and I had our first child. Um, because that's when we went on an indefinite sabbatical from the band. So we created, we had this band, we were touring around, we played at the Canadian Gospel Music Awards in Ottawa. We we were kind of all over the place and doing some fun stuff and really growing. And then we had our first child and we decided that's family first, right? That's what what we're doing. Is that you? That's me, yeah. I had hair. Um, And back then this website was pretty cool. Uh, and you see that it is structured for what? Well, back then we had screens that were about this big. Right. Right? Now, you know, it's centered in the middle of our screen and we're, you know, it's a completely different thing. So this is, a, this is the old style way of doing things. And, and you notice, okay, well, if this was on a phone, this menu system is going to be a nightmare because it's just little buttons on the screen. And if, you know, you zoom out on that, let's look at what it would look like on a phone. And a good way to get an impression of how a website will look on a phone is to resize your browser to the shape of a phone screen. Okay. It's pretty simple. That'll also tell us if it is ready for mobile in some regards. You'll see this website here. Okay, so let's say my, my phone is narrow like that. So if I get to this website, I see this and I have to scroll left and right. Mm-hmm. And then I've got another scroller here, and it's nightmarish to... Okay, I can scroll that, and then I can move left and right on that. To read. To read it. That's Becca, by the way, my wife. Really? Yeah, on the right there. Yeah. And that's me on the left. Look um, at you guys. I know, right? We were so She was so in hip. the band? Yeah, yeah. When you said we, I didn't actually expect that Becca was also in the band. Yeah, of course. Of Does course. she sing? She sings. She raps. I have never heard her sing. She's amazing. Becca, if you're listening, watch. Of course you are. Well, now you know the website address. You can go and you can download the CD. It's free. No way. Yeah, there you go. Um, So looking at that, you see the website would be a nightmare on a phone, right? And I'm not ashamed to admit that. Why am I not ashamed to admit that? Because it's old. And I don't really care at this point. I like that it's, it's like I said, I like that it's still up. It's a bit of my history. But I don't, I'm not going to redesign a website from 15 years ago kind of thing, right? So that's the experience. And, and if, you're, if you're on your phone, you're probably going to do stuff like zooming in. And, and what that kind of looks like, because I can't read that text on my phone, right? Right. So I'm going to zoom in. And then once I've zoomed in, it starts to look kind of like this. <laughs> oh, my. Okay, now the text is big enough on my phone. But I'm scrolling like this. Oh, goodness. And I'm going up and down and... All right, here we go. Oh, there, okay. You know, oh, and there's another scroll. Oh, my goodness. That's the experience that we've got. Mm-hmm. It's terrible, and that's what Google is cutting out completely. All right? So my website will still work on a computer. But so it, if you, now my question is, yeah. it, it'll work on a computer, but Google will still opt out of showing it. No. Even, okay, so if you're searching for something on a computer, yes. it's not going... To filter out. Correct. So this is fine. Google's only... This is fine, but 65% of the searches that are occurring, using my customer as the example, are mobile. Yeah. So if I'm a business, let's use use a scenario here because I love scenarios. They help me to visualize how things go down. You own a coffee shop. 
That would be awesome. Downtown Barrie. It's the hot spot of town. Woo. Okay, three years ago, some up and rising web design star built you a website. Okay. It's not responsive. Okay. Yesterday, I'm standing downtown and I bring up Google and I type in coffee shops. And it gives me a list of all the nearby coffee shops. Yours is there. I see it. I walk over. I go in. I buy a latte. Is Fantastic. it good? It was awesome. Oh, Best God. latte ever. We aim to please. Uh, so that was yesterday, right? Yes. Today, same scenario exactly. I am standing there. I do my search. You are nowhere to be found. Right. Because, because Google has said... This guy's on a mobile device. The result that I would have served yesterday is not mobile friendly. Right. And therefore, I'm not going to give it to this guy because this guy is on a mobile device. Why would I give him a website that's not mobile friendly if he's on his mobile device? So then will Google Maps – like you know how when you're going in to find a location? Mm-hmm. So you go into Google Maps, not Google. You're going to sure. the Maps location the and you're maps. looking up restaurants. Sure. Is it going to not show you the the restaurant? Maps is a bit of a different thing. I hope altogether because it's powered by Google Plus, so it's using your Google Places profile. It's using your business profile in order to serve so, up uh, serve up information. However, because if Jen- your website is not responsive or not mobile friendly, your results will be lesser. Your clout, right. if you will, your the 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 impact of your website in the search engine will be less okay so you may be bumped off to the bottom of the list right you'll you may still be there because you're it's that's your google plus profile as opposed to your website mm-hmm. but where this really impacts is the the search results right not so much the map or you right. know, anything like that well i mean why wouldn't you anyway this is the direction everybody's going why wouldn't they're you already decide? there Yes. And that's what I mean by, is it Google doing this or did the user? You need, you need to have a site that can be read on a smartwatch now. It's that's coming. A, okay. Scary Sorry. thing, scary thing. <laughs> Second type of website that's out there. And this is kind of the, the workaround that, that every web designer used for the longest time because there was no such thing as responsive web design. And that is a mobile website. Mm-hmm. So Category 5 is a good example of that because our website has been around for a long time. We've been on the air since 2007. And in order to accommodate mobile users, you'll notice if you bring up our website on a mobile phone, it will automatically redirect your your website bringing up the Yes, mm-hmm. whatever. It, it's going to bring up a different <laughs> website. It, you're not going to see the same website as you do on the computer. It's a totally different website. It's built specifically for mobile. Okay. Um, so that's that's a different way of doing it. The disadvantage there is that we don't have the same content on our mobile site as we do on our main website. Um, if I add something as a, as a business, let's not think of this in terms of Category 5, but as, instead as a business, if I add something to my website and it doesn't get added to the mobile site, then all of a sudden there's a breakdown of the information. If my right. phone number changes and I forget to change the mobile site, they're two different sites. But it's acceptable because it makes it so that my site works on a, a mobile phone and a computer or a smartphone, or a tablet, or whatever it may be. 
So it's an acceptable solution, but it's not the ideal solution. The third method is called responsive design, and you've probably heard the term. Um, but uh, we're going to touch on that. Um, it's actually time for the news, but we're going to talk about it just after our news break. And uh, I guess I'll head on over to the newsroom. Yeah, work your way over. You Oof. you stick around because we're going to be talking all about responsive design, how that uh, is is. Uh, applicable to you, uh, possibly as a business owner, a blogger, somebody who's going to be working on websites. If you're building a website, um, you need to know this stuff. So stick around. Over to the newsroom. Here's Sasha Dermatis. It's Tuesday, April 21st, 2015, and here are the stories we're covering this week. Windows-based points-of-sale terminals are a top target for data scraping malware. WikiLeaks has published more than 170,000 emails and 20,000 documents which were obtained illicitly in last year's hack attack on Sony Pictures. The Los Angeles School District is extremely dissatisfied with Apple, and for good reason. A camera that could take pictures forever without a separate power source has been invented. And, surprise, another way to exploit Windows credentials has been discovered. And it's a doozy. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. How would you like to have a bit of hosting for your mobile-friendly website? You can get it at cat5.tv slash dreamhost. Make sure you check out with the coupon code cat5tv. For only $70 per year, you're going to get a free .com, .ca, .net, whatever it is you want. Your domain name is absolutely free. You're going to get unlimited hosting, unlimited bandwidth, unlimited email accounts, and some free backup space for your own personal files as well. That's cat5.tv slash dreamhost. And use the coupon code CAT5TV. Back to the newsroom. Here's Sasha. I'm Sasha Dermatis, and here are the top stories from the Category 5.TV newsroom. Point-of-sale terminals have become an attractive target for hackers, as is reflected in the increasing number of RAM scraping programs that steal payment card information from the memory of such systems. Last month, security researchers from Cisco Systems issued a warning about a new POS threat dubbed Poseidon, like P-O-S-I-D-N, kind of hilarious. And on Wednesday, security blogger Brian Krebs reported that the program has already infected POS terminals at restaurants, bars, and hotels in the U.S. Security researchers from Trustwave now warn that during a recent investigation with the U.S. Secret Service, they've uncovered yet another ram-scraping POS threat they've named Punky. The malware injects itself into the Windows Explorer.exe process and creates a registry startup entry to ensure its persistence. All payment card details and keystrokes captured by the malware are encrypted and then sent back to the command and control server. The malware, malware can also download and execute other malicious files, including updates for itself. This gives Punky the ability to run additional tools on the system, such as executing additional reconnaissance tools or performing privilege escalation. According to the annual data breach investigations report released last week, point-of-sale intrusions were one of the top three causes for confirmed data breaches last year. Now, Robbie, lately we've become really cash-free as far as society payments go. Like everybody sure, that yeah. comes in, I work in a restaurant, everybody pays with debit and credit. POS right. systems now have the tap and go. I just feel like threats like this put that whole industry at risk. Right? I, I suppose it does if people clue in that the problem exists. 
but there seems to be a, a a level of trust, I guess, that we have when we go into a place and we pay, you know, are they, does, has anyone ever asked to see if you've got up-to-date antivirus? People Realistically? Don't, people don't even ask if we're on a separate Wi-Fi. Right. Like they just, I mean, and the thing is, if we were on the same one, anybody could oh. really hack in, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. I could sit yeah. down at the table and get on your Wi-Fi and start accessing your point of sale system. Exactly. But, but nobody asks any questions at all about it. Ever. Right. So maybe that's the disconnect is that people just don't know. And so if you got infected, if, if, if one of these restaurants or something were infected with a virus that was sending out the information, well, what do you do? What well, do you do? And the thing is, I mean, it will always look bad on the company. Sure. Right? So, yeah, you always hear about the company. It's right. the company's fault. Exactly. Not, not and, necessarily. And in this case, it could be the POS. I mean, if you go to a restaurant and you get salmonella from lettuce that they bought from another source, you're always going to think it was that restaurant yep. that got you sick. Mm-hmm. Same as if your accounts get hacked because of a POS system at that company, right? You're going to think it's the actual restaurant when in fact it's the pos system as a whole that's right we're the talking problem. these are windows systems yeah this is even modern systems joe in new hampshire was asking do they still use xp on point of sale systems and the fact is yeah probably a, a lot of places they do because of the embedded xp so the point of sale system comes as a prefabricated unit and it comes with windows embedded operating system built into it so it uh it it would mean replacing all of the pos systems throughout entire chains of these companies in order to to change that but if this affects all the way up to windows 10 well what good is it anyways Mm -hmm. i mean this is a this is a pretty serious issue are there linux-based pos systems yeah there are oh Good question. So then it becomes, why are you not looking at Linux as an option? And maybe, you know, hopefully the news will get out enough to say, maybe this is time. And and we're hearing more and more about companies and governments uh, that have made the transition to Linux specifically for this. There's even a big chain in the UK who has recently switched everything over to Linux point of sale. Uh, and so it, it is absolutely possible and probably advisable as well. Not to say that Linux doesn't have exploits as well, mm-hmm. but it's going to be a lot less common. It's going to be a lot less uh, impact and, and quicker patches and turnaround. The, these are problems that have existed in Windows since years ago, mm-hmm. and they still haven't been patched. Wow. Well, thank you. Now, WikiLeaks has published hundreds and thousands of emails and documents from a cyber attack on Sony Pictures Entertainment last year. The archives apparently... The archives apparently include Sony conversations with Downing Street and with Hollywood figures. In November, the entertainment company suffered a cyber attack weeks before releasing The Interview, a film criticized by the North Korean regime. And while North Korea denied involvement in the attack, they praised it as a righteous deed. The WikiLeaks dump includes more than 170,000 emails and over 20,000 documents. After November's hack, an unknown organization published the documents online, but it was not in an easily searchable form. The founder of WikiLeaks justified the publication, saying the documents show the inner functioning of a multinational company and are at the center of a geopolitical conflict. Sony said it strongly condemns the WikiLeaks release and vehemently disagrees. I don't know <laughs> how to that, say word. that word. We talked about this before the show. She's like, I'm vehemently is in my news. Vehemently, 
<laughs> very strongly disagrees with WikiLeaks assertion that this material belongs in the public domain. Uh, yeah, I just this these are just people that are really preying. I obviously Sony Pictures and Sony Entertainment really should have had stronger security. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. But why keep picking at them? Like, ah. Oh. Here's a fact. We've talked about it before. Email is not a secure method to transmit right. confidential information. Go to my blog, baldnerd.com. It is on there. I posted a, a, a blog entry uh, last month that talks all about why you should never share your credit card information, for example, over email. And if they want to assume that email is a confidential means of communication, they're kidding themselves. So I don't condone or, or endorse anyone hacking someone's email and exposing them. But if you, if you make the mistake of trusting email as a secure medium, then you, you really are asking for trouble mm-hmm. because it's a publicly accessible medium. That information can be intercepted and at any time. Right. And so don't kid yourself. It's not a safe way to, to, to store stuff. Yeah. So there's two sides to it, I think. But not that what WikiLeaks has done or what the hackers have done is... Is right. okay. Yeah, WikiLeaks aren't they, it's not nice what they did, but they did something that really anybody could do. Yeah. Given the fact that Sony had no security at all. Yeah, practically. <laughs> all right. Schools in Los Angeles are seeking compensation from Apple over a 1.3 billion dollar iPad-based education project that has gone awry. They have sent letters to Apple and its and its project partners seeking refunds. The project began two years ago and aimed to give iPads and other computers to about 650,000 students. It hit problems when students were able to bypass security systems on the tablets and also because the computer-based curriculum was incomplete. The scheme was intended to be a way for poorer poorer pupils to keep up with the wealthier peers who already enjoyed access to the tablets and other computer-based study aids. The L.A. school district initially bought 43,261 iPads loaded with math and English curriculum designed by educational and training firm Pearson. A further 77,000 iPads were bought to be used in standardized tests. Teachers, school heads, and administrators were also expected to use the gadgets to improve lessons and the way school was run. But in last week's letter from lawyers acting on behalf of the school district... It read, while Apple and Pearson promised a state-of-the-art technological solution, they have yet to deliver it. They are also believed to be considering legal action against the two main suppliers. In addition, the schools have cut ties with the firms and do not want them to be involved with any future developments. The superintendent in charge of the L.A. school district, who drew up and oversaw the costly program, resigned after the problem with the scheme came to light. The Pearson-Apple deal was one part of a $1.3 billion program. Wow. So, I mean, I, I guess what it seems to me has happened is only a little bit has come through. I mean, I guess these kids did actually receive tablets. Sure, but they're two years old, so they're already obsolete. These right. are Apple tablets. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, they gave they gave these poor children, like really actually the the poor children, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. old obsolete tablets with incomplete cur- curriculums, but the ability to bypass any security systems. <laughs> so really they've just created like yeah. uh, like a gang of like uh, like just 
Like, I guess there's nothing you can do on these things. I did, hopefully, obviously, the kids didn't have to pay for them themselves. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, they don't have to give them back because that's mean, too. But they're not being used for school curriculum if there was no curriculum on them. Seems weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seems like, why not finish a project before you actually launch it? <laughs> that pains me. I, I would hate to be the guy who pushed and pushed and pushed for this deal to go through and then Apple didn't hold up their end of the bargain and really let down the school board. And then the guy ended up resigning. I know. It seems unlike Apple, though. To be honest, Apple is all about like looking good in the face of the media, right? Like They want to look as great as possible. So I guess. you think They're that giving, hipsters, but... giving, <laughs> giving <laughs> iPads to like inner city children seems like it would be a great idea. Yeah. I don't know how, how they dropped the ball on this. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Sad. Should have given them Linux. <laughs> <laughs> a camera powered by the light it uses to take pictures has been invented by American scientists. The camera generates power by converting some of the light falling onto its sensor into electricity that is then used to take a snap. Theoretically, the self-powered device could take a picture every second forever. Wow. (laughs) That's awesome. The camera's creators are now refining the device and are looking into ways to commercialize the technology. Refining so it doesn't look creepy as does the picture behind my head. Yeah. (laughs) The prototype sensor grid is just 30 by 40 pixels in size and currently takes grainy black and white images that look like ghosts. To demonstrate its abilities, Professor Nyer and colleagues use their self-powered camera to shoot a short film. Professor Nyer says that the next step in development is to make a self-powered solid-state image with sensors, solid-state image sensor with many more pixels that could then be used to produce a standalone camera that could be used anywhere. The self-powering sensor could also be used to lower power consumption needs of smartphones and other gadgets, he said. Or, when not being used to take pictures, it could function as a built-in power generator. So this technology is beyond just camera use. Think about yeah. it. I mean, if you could use something that converts light into electricity, then, well, that's solar power, right? You could just walk around with your phone and it would charge in the sun, right? That sounds like, I mean, I, I, I don't personally know what kind of uses this would have, but yeah. it sounds like a pretty neat use of technology, I guess. I love it. Yeah. I don't know. It's like the... F- Phoenix and the what is it? I don't even know. I don't know, but I, I think if they could if they could get a higher resolution and get a really good image out of that, think of a surveillance camera or something like that, or yeah, a, a, because you can basically put it anywhere, and and I guess that's kind of creepy now that I say it out loud and realize that okay, <laughs> You've super become one spies of them. might use this, uh, but I think about how hard it is even here at the studio to to run ca- cables. And how mm-hmm. we had to go through concrete and stuff like that to put cameras in. So, you know, maybe that would be a way to power them and make it. I just, I think it's so, cool. it's mind boggling. Like you take, it takes a picture and the flash gives it enough power to take another picture. Yeah. So as cool. long as the light bulb doesn't burn out, you're fine. There you go. Light bulbs. They only generate really <laughs> creepy little 30 pixels of light. Yeah. Oh. I like it. Mm. <laughs> Silence is the first predictive cyber threat security company that taps into the power of artificial intelligence to stop malware. 
They revealed yesterday that their Spear security research team discovered a vulnerability in all versions of Microsoft Windows. The vulnerability can be exploited to steal sensitive login credentials in stealthy attacks. Silence identified 31 software packages that can be abused to leak login credentials using this vulnerability, which is dubbed Redirect to SMB. They include some of the world's most popular applications, Adobe Reader, Apple QuickTime, and Apple Software Update for iTunes, Box's Sync Client, Semantics Norton Security, Security Scan, and Microsoft... Huh. Internet Explorer 11, Excel 2010, and Windows Media Player. There's nothing that's not on this list. But isn't it ironic that the very security software that some people have installed to protect themselves is what is opening them up to this exploit? I feel like this has been the conspiracy theory I always thought. Like, Norton causes viruses is what I always thought. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, vul- the vulnerability is an extension of one discovered in 1997, which is still not defended against by default. Redirect to S megabytes works by tricking applications into allowing the Windows operating systems to authenticate with a hacker-controlled server, enabling an attacker to take a victim's login credentials, including encrypted passwords. Yet again, for the win, Windows. Awesome job. (laughs) 1997. Sarcasm. Wow. For all your tech news with a slight Linux bias, visit the Category5.tv newsroom at newsroom.category5.tv. For the Category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Dermatis. Thank you, Sasha. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to the show. Today is Mobile Geddon. And basically that marks uh, that starting today, Google is penalizing websites that are not mobile friendly by dropping their results on mobile devices. Makes sense, right? Yes. I said we're going to look at the third option, that is responsive design websites. Correct. Can you guess what responsive means? We've talked about uh, we talked about mobile websites, and Andy seventeen oh two in the chat room says, "I they drive me nuts." The mobile sites, ones? no mobile sites, oh. drive Andy nuts. Okay, because you go to a website on your computer, and this is this is category five all the way right now. But don't worry, we're changing, we're upgrading, so you don't have to worry about it. Um, you go to a website on your computer and you bring it up and you say, oh, that would be really great to do on my phone. So then you bring up the website on your phone and it's a completely different website with different features. Right. So Andy's comment, of course, is I was on my computer, got into the chat room okay, thought I'd bring up the chat room on my phone. So I went to the website, it redirected me to the mobile site and there's no chat room. That would drive me nuts. Mm-hmm. And that's an unfortunate side effect of mobile sites versus responsive design responsive design sorry i interrupted but i feel like you might have interrupted yourself because i never actually had a guess you're like "Ah." i feel like responsive design would be one that would um in my mind read the size of your screen and then adapt there you go is that right adaptation is what it's all about so restructuring of the content on the page in order to match the screen size of the device so if i'm on a computer it fills the screen if i'm on a phone it fills the screen there's no scrolling left and right there's no having to zoom in or move around that way seems sort of perfect seems kind of great 
So let's take a look at a mobile responsive website so that I can show you the difference. Now, you remember we were looking at this old school website, and when I switched to uh, mobile size, it's a nightmare. Let's look at one of our partners here, froggy.ca. Make sure if you need a uh, they, any kind of alarm system yeah, or they do our security, VAC, right? They do, yeah. yeah, and they provide everything from wiring to central vac to uh, security monitoring. Uh, all that stuff, you can find it at froggy.ca. And this is a good example of a mobile responsive website. So you see on their website, here it is on my computer. It looks great. The guy's pointing at me. You know the, he's serious. Okay. So I met the guy from Froggy. Yeah. And he was awesome. I Anthony. Can't Anthony. Yes. Anthony is awesome. He's a great guy. Anthony did not look like Men in Black. No. He's cool. He's cool, but this guy looks... <laughs> He's intimidating. Like he is besties with Will Smith. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's the intimidation factor. But you can see the, the site itself functions great. It fills my screen. Here's the yeah. menu. I'm, I'm purposefully hovering over the menu so you can see how this works, right? And I can scroll up and down. There's no left and right scrolling or anything like that. It's great. Um, what happens then... If I change to a mobile size, so let's say I bring this up on my phone. Yes. Here's where responsive design excels. You'll notice I'm not going to change web addresses or anything like that. I'm still on the exact same website. Let's change the browser. And what happens? The menu becomes one that is oh. going to work with a mobile device. Right? Right. The site so. itself has been rescaled and restructured in order to be entirely vertical scrolling, no horizontal scrolling, no having to zoom in. The text is the right size. I don't have to zoom in on it to figure out you know, how, to, how to get around. Let's navigate the site a little bit. Look at how great that looks. So this huh. is on a mobile device. So watch what happens with responsive design. Okay. As I resize the browser, I'm gonna do it in little steps. So say a tablet, oh, yeah. say a tablet, right? So you notice it's now going to fit a tablet. And huh. keep going, keep going, keep going. Watch the menu. Crazy. Right? Watch the menu up, up at the okay. top right there. I'm not sure when it happens here on Anthony's site. There it goes. See that? So it just became a desktop site automatically. The content is exactly the same, but my menu has now changed to this desktop site. Huh. How cool is that? That's cool. How do you, how do you get that? <laughs> that's, that's modern design. That's how things... Right. And that's why it seems so unfair to the guy that got his company website redone two, three years ago when this kind of technology was up and coming and not widely used, at least not right. to, the, to the degree it is now. Um, these days, for example, I don't code any websites that are not responsive. Okay. Plain and simple. That's what I do professionally as web design. So uh, that's that's how you get it done. You just call Robbie. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> call a web designer. Uh, things like WordPress, for example, it's pretty easy to change out your template. So that's really nice because you can change to a responsive design template, for example. Uh, so that's great. Um, if you've got a custom site, for example, Category5.tv, here's where we fall short because our site is so huge and so customized that redesigning as a responsive site is a 
very large undertaking. So that's right. why we're a little slow to the to the action. But we're still safe as far as it goes because we've got that mobile site. So Google still says we're mobile friendly. I don't like it. Andy1702 doesn't like really it. Really doesn't like it. But <laughs> it at least keeps us at the top of Google, right? So we're working on that. But So just so that you understand a little bit about what Google is looking for. So if you've already got a business website or a personal website, maybe you've been blogging, maybe you've built something in the past and you want to know, you know, what is Google thinking about this website? Well, what you can do, go to cat5.tv slash responsive. I'm going to bring up my web browser here. Responsive. Just like that. Hit enter. And that's going to redirect to a Google site that is a mobile-friendly test. So now if I go soulcleansed.com, the first one that we looked at, and analyze that, it will zip through that website and it will tell me whether or not soulcleansed.com is mobile friendly. It's going to say no. I'm guessing it's going to say no. Right. If Google has any accuracy whatsoever, usually they're pretty good with their algorithms. 80%, 82%. Although I have to say, how long ago was Soul Cleansed? Like... Wow. 2007 was our last CD. Wow. So, yeah, we were quite a bit younger then. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's scanned and it says not not mobile friendly. There it is. That's what it looks like on a phone. Could you imagine? Oh, Oh, my goodness. How mad would that that. make? Oh, you mm, would go nuts. Yes. I am not ashamed to admit it. My website will drive you nuts. Wowzers. So punching in instead category5.tv, interestingly enough, it's going to scan and oh, and it's, let's see here, category5.tv, analyze. And it's going to scan, but because there is a redirect there that detects, oh, this is a mobile device, it is going to say, awesome, this page is mobile friendly. Well, why is that? Let's go to category5.tv. And you see... Our website, that's what it is on, the, on a desktop computer, not responsive, okay? Go back to the mobile-friendly test, and you'll notice it's a completely different site because right. it has redirected to our mobile website. There you have it. So that's the difference. So that tool, cat5.tv slash responsive, is provided by Google to help you to know whether or not your website needs work and uh, whether it's going to uh, function on mobile devices if it's going to get docked in the search engine dj quad wants to know whether or not you think modern wordpress themes like aveda aveda with responsiveness is good enough well again like i say you can resize your browser right make it narrow and see what happens is there any horizontal scrolling necessary if there is go back to froggy.ca check out his website Scale it down, look at how it looks when you make it narrow like that or bring it up on your phone right. versus another site. Um, use soulcleanse.com as a great example or you know, then, then you'd, you'd know the difference or try your website. My blog is mobile friendly. Your blog is, is responsive, yes. Yes. Yeah. You did that, didn't you? I did, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. There, no problem. No problem. <laughs> it was not our, our only site really that is not responsive is category5.tv because that's our huge website. If you go to tryitbyit.tv, tryitbyit.tv, for example, this again is going to be a mobile responsive website. So this is Sasha's show and you'll see that it looks like that, right? But if I change this, the browser, it restructures your website. Right. And you've got a mobile menu and you've got, right? 
so it's mobile responsive. So, yeah. That is that's, a fun show. That's how it goes. It's a great show. Check it out. <laughs> so I think for to, to wrap up tonight, if you own a company, if you run a company, if you run a website for a company and you've ever thought, I don't really need a mobile-friendly website, the fact is you're going to be shocked when you realize that 65% of your Google web traffic has just disappeared. Wow. 65%. So that's all that is a freakishly high number. Yeah. That's but where it makes we're at, it does make sense. That's where we're at. So if you're hiring web designers, uh, you know, feel free to talk to me. Uh, but look for someone who does responsive web design. That's really where uh, where you want to be right now. Mm hmm. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to the show. My name's Robbie Ferguson. Mine is Sasha Dermatis. There she is. Here I am. We must have viewer questions that have come in. Uh, we over the do, do have we? Sweet. viewer questions. Okay, this is a comment from LJ Sam. Hey, LJ Sam. I just upgraded to an SSD and wanted my home folder on the mechanical drive. I had to make a few adjustments along the way, but the tutorial from episode 337 was accurate and very well done. Wonderful. That's like, the episode where you and I talked about uh, moving your home folder onto a separate drive. Yes. 337. 337. I remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> like some of the others, I had a hard That's time finding... Old people say. I'm old today. <laughs> finding a solution. <laughs> Thanks very much and keep up the good work. Hey, I'm so very <laughs> pleased that we were able to help. And you see, that's what's cool about Category 5. What's interesting about our show, our broadcast, and, and the fact that the site is so vast is that you are watching a show, 337, and this is episode 396. Wow. Right? And so that, that just to give you some ideas to the spacing, because mm -hmm. we're one a week, right? So uh, you're watching something that's, uh, that's old as far as our standards go. Right, that's true. Okay, do we have time for more? Sure. Okay. This is Blythe55. Great show hey, Blythe. on backups, but what if you wanted to switch to a new program? What if I wanted to switch to a new program for my backups? Is there any way to start a new backup with the same data already on the source and destination drive? Or do you need to delete everything on the destination mm. drive and then recopy and sync over everything again? Right. Okay. Well, on our on our episode about backups, um, let's see. I'm, I want to give you the episode number so that you know where to look because it was that was recently. Mm -hmm. and that's why we're receiving uh, on World Backup Day, March thirty first. Uh, right. Episode number three ninety three. We talked. It about. It looks like they watched it though. Great show on backups. Very cool. But the question it becomes: Okay, well, if I use Duplicati to run my backup. Can I then back up that backup with something else? Can I continue to do the backup with a different product? I think that's what you're asking. Um, Duplicati, as demonstrated, we're using encryption. So mm -hmm. we were encrypting the backup so that, for example, if I moved that backup or copied that backup to an external drive and took it with me uh, off-site, mm -hmm. if someone got it, they couldn't access the data because it's encrypted. Right. So similarly, your other backup software may not be able to jive with that backup. Okay. That's okay. I mean, think about the days when you used to have your email in an email application and what would happen if you if you needed to move on to a new computer, a new application. You would take the, the file, like a PST file, for example, on Outlook, and move it over and then you would just have two PST files maybe. So in similarly, you'd have the old backup, right? And mm -hmm. you've got the new backup. 
and that's okay. Uh, you don't necessarily need to delete it. I would never delete a backup until I have confirmed that I have replaced it. Mm-hmm. That's like not quitting your job until you have a new job. That's kind of it. <laughs> but backups are even more important than jobs. <laughs> yes. You can, you can get more jobs. You can't get more family Pictures. photos and stuff like that. So uh, just be, be cautious. Always have two to three to five to 20 copies of everything. And that's where you want to be at. I, I keep uh, five or six copies of everything that is important to me. And, and I keep them at various points on the earth. I just discovered the cloud. Really? <laughs> yes. Nice. I have stuff now on the cloud. Wonderful. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. That's a starting place for sure. I know. We'll talk about that sometime. (laughs) For tonight, we're right out of time. Can't believe it. It flies by, doesn't it? Have a wonderful week. I hope you enjoyed the show. Sasha, thanks for coming in on your birthday. Thanks. What a trooper, eh? I'm like, do you want the night off? No. No. I've got to see everybody. My birthday's only on a Tuesday once every seven years or something. Something like that. I don't know. We don't understand time. I have no clue what I said was true or not. (laughs) Every 14 years. It depends on the positioning of the sun. Something. Depends if I'm in Australia or something. Anyway, have a great week. See you, everybody. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada, every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. 